Come on out, Gary. I was trying to make a video for something else, but you guys wouldn't shut the fuck up. Who's Gary? First I've heard of it. So we do uh, a podcast called The Dollop. Now I've read about this podcast. Now what, what is the idea behind this thing? Well, that's the interesting thing. Uh, whatever your name is. Um, see, what happens is each week I... Dave Anthony read a story from American history to my friend Gareth Reynolds who has no idea what the topic is going to be about and uh, and sometimes we have a we have a a guest join us when we now, do this in front of people? This kid, not, not enough people know about this right? kid. He is... Right? He's exciting. I'm, uh, saying, I'm saying watch this guy. Watch him. If he ever decides to do uh, a show at a festival, <laughs> I think this might be the guy to see. You guys will like it. I forgot his name. Excuse me? I forgot his, I forgot his I name. his name. No. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Hills. Oh, fuck, it's Will Anderson. Will Anderson. Oh, that's not Adam Hills. Adam Hills doesn't even know that this is a thing. You know what I love about that, though? You've endeared yourself to the Australian crowd by starting with casual racism. What was the ra- what racist? Uh... Well, you were you, you were like all, all white guys who host shows on the ABC look exactly the same. <laughs> April twenty second, eighteen twenty two. Just for the record, the Rolling Stones played this venue, and you guys just cheered a date. Well, at some point, people had to lower expectations. I would like to thank uh, a gentleman who did research on this, Gareth Douse. Very nice. Uh, I thought you were a lot of say... people helped me out. A lot of people helped me out for this Australian one because I wouldn't have been able to do it. Because uh... <laughs> it's hard. It's I've gotten so into heroin, so it's made. <laughs> Joseph Windred. Joseph what? Windred. Windred. Okay. Right. Yep. Yeah. No one in this whole fucking place knows what's happening. <laughs> Someone just say I do? Yeah, I do. Get out. I'm a history professor. Say it one more time. Joseph Winbred? Windred. Win Windred. W- yeah, like I- when you fear a breeze. Windred. Oh. You experience windred. Oh no, wind! Well, this isn't good for me! Ah. Oh god. Uh, Joseph Winter was born in Windsor, a, in a farming district of colonial New South Wales along the Hawkesbury River. 
a hell of a river. It's a great river. It deserves applause, that fucking river. Absolutely. Oh, so many fish. Uh, he was the oldest of eight children. His father was an ex-convict. Well, at 1835, that's pretty much everybody, right? That's just... So his father was Australian. Yeah. Let's copy that. Uh, he whatever, was a... mate. Whatever. Fuck you. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, sure, we were convicts. But whatever, man. Yeah. Whatever. You know what? How about embracing it instead of, you know, being all defensive? You're... Well, your body language suggests that you're defensive. For a nation. There it is. Oh, that happens to all microphones. That happens to all microphones. I mean, this does not normally happen to me. We've, it, it happens to everybody at some point. Just you know what it is? You. This is Australia. Our microphones are the opposite way around. <laughs> it's called whiskey phone. Oh, boy. No, no, no. It's okay. I'll think of another podcast. It'll be fine. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Uh, his mother was uh, freeborn. Uh, you guys actually use that as a fucking term, freeborn? Wow, great start. What does that mean? We ha- it means she was not. Uh, she was. She was born a free person. Born free. Here on the- she wasn't like born a convict. Because a lot of little babies here, they came out and you're like, 14 years! But I'm a baby! Go to jail! For what? (laughs) What me do wrong? First of all, that little fucking cute voice you do. (laughs) We don't like it here in Oz! We're a hard people! What are you in for? Existing! Get to the naughty hole. Oh, God. <laughs> Baby's diaper. What? Baby's diaper. Baby's diaper? <laughs> I feel Baby's like hyper. someone's helping, but not helping. <laughs> I feel like they're trying to help, but it's like, it's like you've jumped overboard she of the said, Titanic, and they're like, no, the band's fine, get off. Baby sniper. Yeah, I know. I heard what she said. I was... it's, there's a, so you speak Australian. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. Talk to Fosters. I've met a lot of babies. I've never met one that was a sniper. I've never been to Russia, though. His father, oh, was a tanner, right? A mother freeborn. Joe was born with a lame foot. Just like wouldn't go out and hang or something? Yeah, it's just not cool. The other I'm just foot... going to stay at home tonight. The other foot was like, let's go party! Nah, I'm good. Uh, but that just made Joe uh, more determined to be a success. He was a good swimmer, a good rower, and one of the best young horse riders in the district. Nice. Yeah. He was actually a really good swimmer in events where they went round in a circle <laughs> rather than... He could create, like, an underwater cyclone. It's like this actually... Joe, no! <laughs> I'm right, like, huge! Shame about this guy. He's just... Uh, uh, when he was old enough, he got a job uh, working for his uncle, putting shoes on horses. Oh, nice. Yeah. So things are looking up. Everything seemed to be going well, but that all changed. I mean, is that not mocking slightly for a guy who's a bit lame to be constantly kind of... He's got a bad foot. It doesn't mean he can't get a fucking good job. No, but like his job is literally... 
chewing other things that he's don't have bad working feet. it so, out. Do you know what I mean? Like they every day he's facing, he's like, this fucking horse can walk straight, but I can't. And I have to make shoes for a fucking horse that thinks it's better than fucking me. A freeborn. I'm a freeborn. Jesus. Hey, Joe, is there any way to stop shouting it must be nice at the horses? And then over in the corner, yeah, goo goo, I'm freeborn. It's the baby. I, I woke out of prison. Go go. How did you get out? By being cute. Yeah. They never noticed the Wiggles poster on my wall. Underneath it, I had a howl. <laughs> Oh my god, this is going to be the longest podcast ever. Everything seemed to be going well, but all that changed in the early hours of February 19th, 1840. Three men in masks, with guns, robbed Joe's aunt in her home. Oh my god, is this the story of Point Break? Uh, I love the inception. Johnny Utah. That day, Johnny Utah was arrested... That day, Joe was arrested on suspicion of leading the robbery. He was just 17 years old. But Joe was not the leader. He was actually being framed by the real leader of the robbery, ex-convict Harry Nichols. Nichols was trying to get a deal by being an informer, which would help him get off on another robbery charge. Uh, So you guys had really good cops. (laughs) Loyalty. Joe and the other two men who were actually involved in the robbery were tried in the Supreme Court in Sydney. Joe's defense raised serious doubts about him being involved in the crime. The defense also did a number on the main witness, ex-convict and snitch Harry Nichols, whose testimony was pretty much the entire case against Joe. Didn't matter. The judge forced a quick decision with the jury, and Joe was found guilty along with the other two actual robbers. Wait, you can't, how do you, you, are you allowed to force a jury to hurry up? <laughs> Guys, we, lunch Let's has go! to come at some time, so. Come on, time is money. All right, there's deliberating and then there's just taking too long. Let's move. Wow. You know what, I have stew cooking at home. <laughs> I'm making a pot roast I must get to. We have a sporting game that goes for five days without a result sometimes. <laughs> Just like we're being a bit weird skimping on this jury time. That's the that's the that's the picnic where a game breaks out, right? <laughs> I've read about that. Well, we've eaten enough. Fancy a game? This is the story of cricket at Hanging Rock, right? You see that? Yeah, yeah I, I, that's a joke that you won't get, but Google it. I know what Hanging Rock is. I've seen the movie. Yeah, okay. And cricket. The girls so went can... off and they fucking walked away and everyone's like, let's take a movie out of it. Why? The girls just walked away. It's actually not a movie. It's three girls walking away or fucking six or whatever it was. They fucking walked away. It's not a movie. It's a fucking, it's a story about Dave, people walking Dave, off Dave, somewhere. David, David, It'd be like Dave. if someone went through a door and you're like, let's make a movie Dave, out of Dave, that. Dave, They're Dave, gone. Dave, Dave. They're not gone. They've gone somewhere else. Dave. You don't know where they It's not a movie. Come on. Bring it back down to earth, bud. Come on. Come on, baby. Come back to home. It happens more and more. (laughs) 
anyway, now, well, then we end up with The Hobbit. David? Which isn't a David! Movie. David! <laughs> this guy's going to get help. <laughs> That's it, he's done. It's like, hold his tongue. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Joe goes to jail. He's sentenced to 10 years imprisonment at the horrific Macquarie Prison sure. in Van Diemen's Land. In Van Diemen's Land? Yeah. Well, that ain't good. It's, it's now called Tasmania. Tasmania. Upgrade. Absolutely. And uh, just as a little cherry on top, uh, Nichols' testimony was so shitty that he wasn't given an immunity deal and was convicted of the other robbery anyway. Everybody wins. He was such a shit witness that they're like, we weren't going to give you immunity, and yet they still convicted the other guy who didn't do it. <laughs> Australia. Mel Gibson made a movie about it called Shitness. <laughs> I really shoot with yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. I am with you. Joe got 14 years in prison. He was a model prisoner. He labored as a rock breaker and in chain gangs and was then given an early pardon after four years. Oh, nice. All right. Well, See? that's the end of that. Oh, Papa. When he came back to Windsor, he was much stronger and leaner than when he had left. That's prison. Yeah. Classic fucking prison. When yeah. I went to prison, I came back fucking hard. <laughs> As you can see, I've been out of prison for a while. <laughs> so he started boxing in 1844 and was quite good, going unbeaten go. in his first 10 months. Here we go. Months. Whenever it, boxing, yeah. boxing always leads to something interesting. This will be fun. This is when fights could last for hours uh, and go over 100 rounds. What the hey, fuck? What? 100 rounds? 100? Yeah, they did. How long were the rounds? And you thought cricket was a sport. I will come back Tuesday. Yeah. 49th round. Ah, let's take a quick five minute break. You, as long as you could, like, get up, like, if you got knocked down, but you could crawl over to the middle of the ring and tap this thing, they'd be like, all right, you can keep going. So, Look, this is when men were men. So, brain damage. So, brain damage was the thing. Right. Sure. Most boxers died after two, three months. What? The Australian national anthem. I might have made that up. A lot of people don't know this, but the Australian national anthem back then was, I get knocked down, but I get up again. (laughs) I take a whiskey drink. (laughs) I take a lager drink. So, as a boxer, Joe started to get some fame in the colony of New South Wales. Uh He met a young woman named Mary Wallen, and they fell in love. Oh. Oh. She was still married to her uh, husband. Well, still, still, just adorable still. What? But, uh, <laughs> but they were estranged. Uh, she had a young daughter, Isabel. Uh, Isabel then. Uh, a little hiccup came in Joe's plan to become a famous boxer when New South Wales banned boxing. <laughs> so that'll, that, that's a thing that makes you, that makes you have to stop. <laughs> and we never had boxing again. That was it. Comfortable throwing babies in jail, but... <sighs> so now we... I love how weird that got in the room, because half of the room kind of got you drugged, but we're just like, yeah, that is a bit weird. And half of the room are like, oh, fuck, are we doing that as well now? I know we have to go home at one, but what else do we have to do now? Put babies in jail? 
uh, he got a job as a tanner. Sure. Oh. Well, a lot of people make that transition yeah. from boxing to tanning. It That's is... why they've banned solariums at Helio. Yeah, that is true. That's true, Dave. I know you look skeptical, but that is... You hit me with those baby blues and don't... I think I'm not noticing. Being a tanner was one of the most horrendous jobs one could have. Hunters would give tanners animal skins, which were still bloody with chunks of meat and fat attached. The skins would be soaked in water to remove all that good stuff, uh, but that created a pool of rotting meat. After that, the hair had to be removed either by soaking the skin in urine or letting it hang to rot and then cutting it off with a knife. Oh, I get it. This is the origin story of Harry's Café de Wheels. Pie face. Pie face. I, would, yeah, I, would I like the idea. I always like the idea when urine solves something because you have to go back to the first guy who was like, have we pissed on it? I always find pissing on it helps. Knock that out and then we'll figure out the next plan. It's always the same guy, too. Hey, have you tried pissing on that? Yeah, yeah, Andy, we've tried pissing on it. We're, we're all set. Don't come over right. here and piss on... No, we're... No, we're can talking... I you, can I ask you a question? Do not pit, no, do not piss on anything. We are all set I just here. want to ask you a question. Uh, what, if the question is, have we pissed on it, the answer is no, and then follow-up it's answer, not, we're not gonna. It's, What's that's the, not the question. Have okay. you peed on that? Literally just... Yeah. Yeah, we have. Get out of here. Because I got a bladder full. No, you know we know. Mean? I could, I could fix that animal skin right fucking now. Right now. Is it chunks of fat on there? Yeah, yeah. If... All right, then let's let no. her rip. Let's let her rip. This is the only I job know, I, I have. Know, I understand that. I'm the town pee on a guy. It's not a job. You've just pissed on everything. They made a plaque. That you pissed on. No, it's not! Let him piss on it! Fuck! Oh, my God. I had the best job ever. Have you tried pissing on her? You know, a lot of marital problems are solved when you pee on her. It is just an elixir. Then they would... Then the skins would be soaked in a mixture of feces and water. So, hold on. Now, remember when peeing on it was crazy? <laughs> Have you guys heard Andy's new plan? Oh, he's done pissing. Hey, what's up? I'm Andy, Doug. no! Andy! Fuck Andy, I'm Doug. I'm the shit on a guy. Uh, what do you got? Listen, your brother came over here earlier. He pissed on everything. The last thing, if anything, we could switch the order and I'd be more okay with it. Uh-oh, what's my ass on now? Your brother's Oh, no, pissed. I'm shitting on your horse. That'll fix it. Shouldn't have, made, nice. shouldn't have made me that plaque. Okay, so anyway, long story short, they're shitting and pissing on pelts. And then they would take it out and they would uh, knead it with their hands to soften the skin. And that would take hours... Uh, then it was stretched, dried, and sold. Oddly, Joe wanted to do something else. Let's barf on it. Let's try to fuck it. Hello. Hello, how are you? I, uh, I fuck everything. 
Well, it's, I gotta warn you, it's covered in... It's just... It's covered in a lot of... Um... Do you know Doug and Andy? Because they... I usually come in after them. Disgusting. Horrible phrasing. I, uh, but I am French, so it's all good. Well, guys, we had a big day. We've pissed shit. Come on in. And uh, the uh, fat's still on there, so I think we've been swindled. The fat makes it special. I noticed you went towards that the most. Hello, fat. In the territory of California, gold was discovered in 1848. There was a rush of about 100,000 people into the state, all looking to strike it rich. In 1847, San Francisco had been 79 buildings. Uh, There were just under 500 people living there. Over the next two years, 30,000 people would come into the city. Gotta build a wall! (laughs) Build the wall! Keep those gold diggers out. Uh, California's U.S. territory would not become a state until late 1850. For now, it was still run under Mexican laws and institutions. Military ran civil affairs, but not that well. There were only 58 police officers to control 30,000 people. Basically, <laughs> what? Fifty-eight cops for thirty thousand people. Yeah, I mean they had. They I had mean that's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Numbers are on your side. Uh, yeah, but also... No. Later, bitch. Hey, wait! Hey, you stop! Hey, no! Hey! Uh, I'm just gonna arrest the baby. Goo. <laughs> in the back of the cop car. Hey, goo, goo, gaga. Get in the baby seat. Yeah. Not that one, he's a sniper! <laughs> one person clapped, wow. look at her. One person, Over Michael. The one on the one front, person. Michael. Yeah. Dave Anthony, such a skilled comedian, he can do a callback to a joke he doesn't understand. <laughs> so basically, chaos was really San Francisco. The corruption let people just pay their way out of jail. Like, if you want to get out, you just be like, can I just give you money? And they'd be like, yeah, that's it, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. News of the gold discovery in California reached Australia in December 1848, and immediately ships began heading there. By May 1850, 11,000 people would travel from Sydney and Hobart. (laughs) Didn't know this, did you? Huh? Hang on, did they go from Sydney to Hobart? Nope. (laughs) Nobody nobody does that. (laughs) Local. Local. They do every fucking January, motherfucker. Um, this podcast shouldn't go from Sydney to Adelaide, though. It should not. <laughs> I love Sydney going all to Adelaide. Like, they're an adorable try-to-be city. Like, we're Sydney. We're like, oh, look at you, Adelaide. Look at you! They went to you, too! <laughs> And then they say your coffee is shit. Um, no, so tell me where they went. They went from Sydney and Hobart. <coughs> so they left Sydney and Hobart and they went to California. They, for, whatever, for whatever reason, those two places. You know what? Just split your year. Do half here, half in America. That's it's like pilot season. 
Yeah. It would take so, half a year to get there. That's a that's tough ride. That's the only floor in this flat. <laughs> that's a tough ride. Half a year. Yep. Well, run out of shit I don't know. To talk I'm making stuff up. Bye. <laughs> now, Mexican laws forbade anyone with a criminal history to enter California. Sorry, Australia. But that didn't seem to stop the Australians who just went anyway. Fucking hearts we did. Joe's wife, Mary, was friends with a man named Tom Burdu, who was uh, a voluntary immigrant from England. So he actually came here. He was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go hang out with the criminals. Sure. Oh, to Australia. He yeah. came here. Oh, right. Now, Tom went to San Francisco in early 1850 and left behind his pregnant wife, Ellen, and their three children. That'll be fine, though. That'll, everything will be fine there. The, the plan was that she would have the baby and then follow them, because there's nothing better than getting a baby on an old, gross ship. But also nothing better than being a father of three when your wife's pregnant for the fourth time and going, I'm going to the shops to get some smokes and get on a boat. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm in California. Whoops. <laughs> How are all the kids? <laughs> then on uh, April 5th, 1850, Joe and Mary sold everything they had, left their daughter Isabel, and set sail for San Francisco. Uh, how old is Isabel? She's pretty young. She's a little girl. Little, she's like three or But they four. couldn't take her with them because she was in prison. That's true. She'd be taking very she's, good care. She's serving a stretch. Yeah. She's doing her time. Uh, so, uh, Joe was now 28 and uh, Mary Windard, who, who changed her name even though she was still married to someone else, arrived on July 4th, 1850. The couple found a chaotic city made up of wood buildings, tents, a few surviving muck, mud, brick, adobes, and miners just sleeping in hammocks out in the open. Cool. So, so it's like a as camp- advertised, it's like a, awesome. Yeah, it's a camping. Perfect. But with 30,000 people. Right. The city was divided into ethnic areas. In the north, Little Chile. Further south, the Chinese lived on Broadway. Below Broadway, the waterfront neighborhood was known as Sydney Town. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Be proud. There's no way this will go terribly for us. <laughs> Sydney. You know what I'm realizing is there's not a Sydney town anymore, so I'm wondering why. Yeah, it's like, well, it it's was weird me. that us people who live in Sydney haven't heard of this proud moment. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> Sydney town. It would later be. It would later be called the Barbary Coast, which is basically one of the worst places ever. Joe and Mary blew through San Francisco and went straight to the gold fields where they met up with Tom Burdue. Now, Americans who came to look for gold were called 49ers, and it was considered an honor to have made the long, difficult journey. Australian immigrants, on the other hand, were either convicts who had bribed a boat captain to smuggle them to America or freed ex-convicts looking to get away from the stigma of their criminal past. The Australians in San Francisco became nicknamed Sydney Ducks. This was because of their light summer clothes were made from duck cotton or duck cloth, a type of Kansas, a campus. I thought it was so, just autocorrect. So you guys all wore the same... <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Autocorrect has been the history of this country. Like, we dig up so much coal because we actually wanted anal. 
That explains all the puppies. You know what? If you don't like that joke, go home and fucking type in Cole and you'll notice it's also anal. I don't That's a really fucking good... Anyway, whatever. Fuck you all. That makes sense when you said you wanted to mine Cole with me. That now adds up. One of the better tags in comedy is fuck you all. I guess the timer's off. Um, so... Many of the Australians who came to California were immediately recognizable because of their shaved heads from recent time in jail, as well as their bowed legs and swinging gait, which came from wearing leg irons. Swinging gait? What did you say? Yeah, gait. They're swinging gait. Yeah, the way they walked. Do you know what a gait is? Their gait. G-A-I-T. What is it? Yeah, I know what a gait is. Yeah, gait door open. Gait is right. No. Like, your gait is the way that you walk. I roller gait. <laughs> Did you know in Australia, gait people can't even get married? <laughs> it's embarrassing. Fix <laughs> it! Um, and, the, and the ducks, after getting uh, to the gold fields and realizing that mining was very hard, would then move to San Francisco and pick up their old criminal ways. Plus, there was a tax of $20 a month for non-U.S. miners, which was actually aimed at the Chinese, but ended up pushing Australians off their gold mines. You know what? Sorry. Uh, We were just going after the Chinese. (laughs) Our bad. Got caught up in that. Sydney town was full of taverns, dance halls, and lodging houses. Drinking, gambling, prostitution, and live sex shows were happening at places like the Magpie, the Bobby Burns, the Tam O'Shanter, the Noggin Avail, the Hilo Johnny, the Burden Hand, the Bay of Biscay, and the Jolly Waterman. A lot of people don't know this, but they were all Justin Hemes venues. <laughs> this is all local material. <laughs> local. I'll actually be at the Tamo Shanter in October. Men outnumbered women 20 to 1. So, as far as being a woman goes... Not great. Nope. It's like like every day is like an episode of The Bachelor. <laughs> that you don't want to be on. Yeah, Can so I get a so... rose? I don't have roses. I'm going to take what I want. Um, I'm dating this woman, but I think she's the gold digger. No, literally, she's the gold digger. That's all. <laughs> Did you say, like, The Bachelor, but that you don't want to be on? Isn't that The Bachelor? I mean, I feel like they know what's going on. They don't just walk into a house like, I get all this? Who are those guys? Oh, they're all trying to fuck you. Yeah. Also, I would love to see your episode, like your series of The Bachelor, where, like, all the girls are ready for the cocktail party and you've just fallen asleep at home after smoking pot on your couch. (laughs) I don't know where Gareth is. It was supposed to be my night for the solo date. I'm worried. I don't know what's going on with him. Just barricaded in there. I've never seen The Bachelor. Brain. I keep it right in there. You rarely saw anyone over the age of 30 and a 40 or 50 year old was like seeing a four leaf clover except without the luck part. It was very rare. <laughs> Be great if that's what they thought the suspicion was though. Like if they found a 50 year old person you kept them for luck. <laughs> I'm going to press you in one of my books. Excuse me? 
Yeah, get in my book. You're good luck for me. I'm a man. Get in the book. So You're 60. I'm going to attach my car case to you. <laughs> Can I rub you? Feeling lucky. Yes, I'm answering your question. Yes, you can rub. We were, I think. Okay, so we, I was. It's very lucky. Nobody's asking to rub you, so I just want to make sure that you understand. Very lucky. I've fallen for that twice in one day, and I'm not going to do it again. It ended up being a horribly unlucky day. Well, all down then, right? Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Third time's a charm. All right, Dave. The San Francisco Herald reported about Sydneytown, the upper part of Pacific Street after dark is crowded by thieves, gamblers, low women, drunken sailors, and similar characters who resort to the groggeries that line the street and there spend the night in the most hideous orgies. I don't think you guys know what hideous means. You can tell where it is because there's a giant Coca-Cola sign right at the... Local? local. This is all local material. Lo- local? Pie face. <laughs> Pie face. Except 7 Eleven? Um, hey! That's the greatest thing we ever gave you. Unsuspecting sailors and miners are entrapped by the thieves and swindlers that are always on the lookout. Into these dens where they are filled with liquor, drugged if necessary, until insensibility coming upon them, they fall an easy victim to their tempters. When the habitues of this quarter have any reason to believe a man has money, they will follow him for days and employ every device to get him into their clutches. These dance groggeries are outrageous nuisances and nurseries of crime. Ah, oh, so City Town's not great. Why was it named after Sydney? Just doesn't... By the way, when you read that, if I saw that in a pamphlet, I'd be like, mm, well, check it out. I mean, it sounds... I don't hate what I'm hearing. Right. Come, uh, to, come to hedonism too, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, leave your money at home. Buddy, right? yeah, yeah. Too yeah, exactly. Money out leave arms on the pal, be like, we're yeah, going to Sydney. Okay, we're well, going to have an adventure. I basically just described Tijuana. Local right, for me. Property. Local for me. Mock wants to get into Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> get ceramic dogs there. Do you ever go to Tijuana? I bought uh, four ceramic dogs. I thought it would be hilarious to bring back to my friends. But when you leave, you got to go through an x-ray machine if you're walking. And uh, that just breaks the ceramic dogs. <laughs> so I brought my friends back uh, bags of broken ceramic things. Hang on, did Dave just turn into Hunter S. Thompson? What the fuck just happened? Did he just start mumbling incoherently about fucking quaaludes and dogs and fucking Mexico and shit? What the fuck is happening now? What happened was somebody got into a very uh, deep, heartfelt story about uh, a time when uh, four dogs were killed. I bet if you kept cutting it, it would be cocaine. Did I forget that part of the story? (laughs) You're too high up to yell stuff. Who isn't? You're in a balcony. You're in a balcony. See my head? (laughs) 
At a wonderful establishment called the Boar's Head, the big attraction was a sex show that involved a woman and a boar. I, I, just a really boring, boring guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> we don't need both of us here. <laughs> Did they go on to be the Prime Minister of England? <laughs> How does one fuck a boar? How do you know it was fucking? That boar has a snout. It could have been looking for looking for truffles or whatever. <laughs> Boars do. Why is it all about fucking with you? Why can't it be about pleasing the woman? Maybe boars love to eat pussy. Did you ever think about that? It sounds like a boar house. I'll get you, motherfucker. <laughs> God. For 20 minutes during the show, we lost Gareth to a moth. Third time it's happened, so I we're like, used to it. I like to think that that is like an actual like moth that is a big fan of podcasts and heard there's a really popular NPR podcast called The Moth, and it's like I can get in this fucking business. These tickets don't even know about history. Or, or he's up there doing a mollop with another moth. Tell you a story about the time that one of us went to the light, and uh... I went to the light. <laughs> That's a heckler in the balcony. <laughs> the Fierce Grigl- Grizzly, that's the name of the place, the Fierce Grizzly had the a... Fierce Grizzly? Yep. This is where you will fuck a boar, at the Fierce Grizzly. No, it's a different place. We're, we're gone. Oh, that was the boar's head we, where you'd fuck the boar. At the, the Fierce Grizzly, you jerk off bears. Uh, you like that? Yeah. You guys all saw that porno, Grizzly Adam Hills? <laughs> Oh my god, how has that never been? That's a perfect one-man show name. Um, The Fierce Grizzly had a female bear chained next to the door. Holy shit, that is quite... Fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. No, but that's great. ID, please. Oh god, don't worry, she's in heat. No, but... You know what happens there? You every single time, like, hey, you want to go to this bar? It's really cool. And then everybody fucking waits. And then you walk in, and you don't know. And everyone else is like, ah, when the bear does it, you fucking jump. It's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, it's everyone just sits in the back yeah. of the bar and watches people who don't know walk through. Yeah, it's- what the fuck? Is that a bear? Look at the name, dickhead. Yes, it's a bear. Let's go over to the bar. In the Goat and Compass, you could find Dirty Tom McClare. I have what? Good In name. the Goat and Compass. The Goat and Compass? Yes. So apparently if you're going to fuck the goat, you need directions. Is that what? Or... Where's the clitoris goat? Hang on, I'm come on, guys. I'm using, I'm using goat all maps, but should I... <laughs> Uh, for a few cents, Tom would eat anything or drink anything offered to him. What? Anything. For uh, a few cents. Yeah. All right. Uh, he, was a, he was arrested in 1852 for, quote, making a beast of himself. <laughs> Feels like it might have been more making a beast in himself. But, <laughs> sure. The the origin, is this the origin story of the protein shake? <laughs> you know, Red Bull was actually one bull. It was originally one bull. He was an angry bull. Gave you wings, he did. 
Dirty Tom told people he had been drunk for seven Dirty years. Dirty Tom is such a great name. Oh, it's fucking fantastic. I'm Tom. Never heard of you. Dirty, Dirty Tom. Tom. Big oh, fan. Dirty big Tom. fan. Let's not shake hands. I mean, you can, but obviously there's a dude. Hey, hey, eat this cork. Mm. Here's a penny. Mm, all right. That was a bad year. <laughs> Dirty Tom told people he had been drunk for seven years and had not bathed since he was in England 15 years ago. Oh, my God. But also, there's a fucking flaw in that, because who's bathing in England? <laughs> the people of Bath. That's true. We've invented something. There were all levels of thieves, from the Australian who stole six miners' breakfast from a boarding house. I love that guy. I love that guy. <laughs> to the outlaws who robbed the Monterey Customs House of $11,000, if this would turn. $14,000, sorry. And it was said any normal person who went into city town was beaten and robbed. There Just for the record... I reckon the guys who stole $14,000 are pissed off to be mentioned in the same sentence as the guy who sold six breakfasts. Yeah, but Hey, who... guys, we both had big capers. You guys made off with 14 Gs. I had nine eggs one day. It is like we're both... Yeah, but who's, who's more impressive? The guy running on the street with a bag or the guy who's got, like, a tray? <laughs> coming through, coming through. And then ate all of them. Ah... Oh, I really love breakfast. I really lay it on the line for breakfast. I was so hungry I would fuck a boar. I was just... Ugh. There were many Sydney Ducks who saw America as the perfect place to continue their criminal activities. <laughs> but that was actually happening in every part of San Francisco. Australians were just judged due to their criminal past and blamed for the immigrant crime wave. The well, prejudice, we won't do that again. The prejudice against them was shocking. Edward uh, Buffum, a reporter of the, from the Alta California, wrote, quote, all the immigrants from Australia were classified under the general title of Sydney Ducks, and we regarded them with great suspicion. The prejudice against all persons who had come from Australia was very strong. Some were very bad men who had undoubtedly arrived from there. One San Francisco Weekly wrote, they have mildewed the name of everything Australian. Hang on, what would what, 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 what? they have mildewed the name of everything Australian? They have we've mildewed something? Mildew. Yeah. They verbed mildew for you guys. I mean, that feels like a you're burn. mildewing. I feel like that was a burn that meant more back then than it does now. <laughs> you are mildewing, sir. You stand between my tiles. You are mildew, and your French gingivitis. The biggest concern of San Francisco citizens were the fires. There were six fires between 1849 and 1852. Fires. And nearly every fire leveled the city. On uh, 4th of May and the 14th of June, 1850, fires destroyed 300 buildings. There usually wasn't enough water to put out the flames, so firefighters would use gunpowder and dynamite to blow up buildings in order to create fire breaks. That's how you do it. Hey guys, no, no, uh, what about Bob's house? What about Bob's house? What about Bob's house? It's a good one. It's right All down there. All we have are these fireworks uh-huh. and these petrol dosed bales of hay. All right, let me pour out all the water and then we'll get to the fire and use your normal options that you have laid out. 
Have we tried pissing and shitting on the fires? Because a buddy of mine would be great. I love that the Aussies are burning the fucking place down every six years because we've clearly got insurance and valued it heaps more than what it's fucking worth. And then we're like, let's backburn this motherfucker. Of course, the Sydney Ducks were accused of lighting the fires on days when the wind was blowing downwind of Sydney town in order to loot burning buildings. After one big fire... Looting a burning building. After one big fire... Let's strike while the iron's on fire. Move. After one big fire, 70 looters were arrested, of which 48 were Sydney Ducks. Yeah, fucking Aussies overachieving on the world stage yet again. <laughs> you punch him up. One of the one of the more famous Sydney Ducks at the time was James Stewart, an ex-convict known as English Jim. He had been sent to Sydney when he was 16 for forgery. After serving a 12-year sentence, he went to South America in 1846 and then came to San Francisco for the gold. But he ran out of money fast and turned to stealing uh, in towns near the gold fields. Shit, they've just cracked the case. <laughs> just got new information on the case. This American guy started talking about it and it all fucking fell together. <laughs> he lit those fucking fires. <laughs> English Jim was first arrested for stealing a chest of clothes. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I think there's an app for that now. So. English Jim ran, uh, ran uh, on bail and continued his criminal ways. He took part in robberies of boats and stores and lumber yards, and then he was caught again. While he was serving time for a robbery in jail, he was arrested for the murder of a sheriff in Marysville. He had not actually committed the murder. It was actually done by two brothers named Stuart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T, while English Jim's last name was Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. Anyway, uh, English Jim was identified as witnesses by the guy who killed him, even though he didn't. But English Jim escaped prison again. It was easy. He just paid the guards to give him the keys. He was now one of the most wanted men in California, and he paired up with Sydney Duck Sam Whitaker. Whitaker was a very well-dressed ex-convict who came to San Francisco in 1849 after serving 16 years. English Jim and Sam went on an idiotic criminal run. They stole a safe that they couldn't carry because it was too heavy. <laughs> they outsmarted us on this one. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Uh, hey, once, they, did they mean to steal what was in the safe, or did they just like this I is a fucking we're, good? We're gonna safe. put our valuables in this when we're done. Yeah. Shit, this shit's heavy. You know what, mate? Actually, once we steal shit, we're gonna need somewhere really safe to keep that shit. Yeah, what if people steal our you. fucking shit? You know so, what we gotta do? Get all the gold yeah. out of it, throw that on the ground, <laughs> then we can store our valuable shit in there. <laughs> Teamwork, baby. While they were stealing another safe from a wharf, their lookout... Hang on, another safe? Hey, you want to not learn a lesson together? (laughs) I'm thinking we go again. While stealing a different safe from a wharf, their lookout gave a false alarm and they jumped in the water and swam off. (laughs) So where? We should probably stick to this land, actually. Now that we're here. Um, The safe sank, by the way. Not gonna make it. On the evening of uh, January, uh, February 19th, 1851, English Jim and a th- 
and, and uh, Sam and a uh, third duck went into a dry goods store. Actually, Sam was the lookout. At some point, Stuart knocked the owner unconscious with a ball and chain. What, what knocked him out, though? No, you literally. What do you? What do you just? Are you just walking around the dry goods store holding a ball and chain, and the guy's like, "Can I help you with something?" No, I'm just browsing. No, the weird thing was he was actually a misogynist, and he hit him with his wife. Sorry, baby. Ow! 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 How does that Sorry, go? man, it's a yeah. ball and chain. <laughs> Women, right? She wants to come to everything. <laughs> uh, the crew stole uh, $1,568 in gold coins. They paid off two local cops and then split up the money. Okay. Two days later, Joe Win- Windred, remember Joe? Yeah. yeah. And Tom Perdue visited friends in San Francisco and were boarding a steamer back to the gold fields when the police arrested Tom. They thought he was English Jim. Oh. Sounds like they were very good at detective work at yep. this time. Well, it's 58 of them. They're like, I don't know that one. All right, you did it. What? <laughs> Joe was uh, then arrested because they assumed he was the second duck at the robbery of the dry goods store. This was the second time Joe Windred was accused of a crime he did not commit. And even more exciting, this was the anniversary, 10 days to the year, to the day exactly, of his being wrongly arrested for robbing his aunt. Oh, hang on. So on the 10-year anniversary of him being wrongly arrested the first time, he gets wrongly arrested a second time. Yeah. Must on have the been anniversary, the... 10 years on. Yeah. Didn't even get a cake. That's the silver one, right? That's a silver one. Well, it's a big one. It's the ball and chain one. Oh, right. <laughs> they were taken to the cells under City Hall. The next morning, Joe and Tom were taken to the dry goods store owner's apartment. The owner was there recovering from his head wound. <laughs> you know, that really hurt. Of course, he ID'd Tom as the attacker. Because not- he had a massive head wound. He was like, that thing. They're like, that's a plant. He's like, him! The plant that moves. Joe and Tom were then taken for questioning in Portsmouth Square where the magistrate lived. There, men were brought in to ID Tom as English Jim, which they did. Six different men, including John Sullivan, a man who had worked with English Jim for six months in the gold fields. Tom was adamant that he was innocent, mostly because he was innocent. Doesn't normally matter. But no one would listen. He matched English Jim in weight, height, eye color, and hair. Sadly for Tom Perdue, he really did look very similar to English Jim. To make matters worse, it was known that English Jim had a tattoo around, quote, a stiff middle finger. Like this. Is this the origin story of the finger? Yeah. Oh, man, I wish it was. He invented fuck you with your hand. He also had an English accent. Tom also had a tattoo on one middle finger, but that finger was amputated at the first joint. Well, he must have regretted it and wanted it removed. Meaning they probably thought, well, he was like, well, I don't want a stiff finger, so I'll have it cut off. Right? Because then you're walking around like this all the time. How you guys doing? I just, I I really tuned out after you said, at the first joint. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) We normally do. Yeah. (laughs) 
This one. It's like once you've had one, you might as well have another one, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, so you tune on. out every I mean, you can't time. drive now. You might as well. <laughs> go to Sydney Town. Anyway, what have I got to do with the rest of the night? I've just got to get an Uber home. Oh, and do a podcast. I, uh... <laughs> it was very specific suddenly to this evening. So the next day, the newspapers reported that two Sydney Ducks were arrested for the violent robbery. Although, the newspaper said the shopkeeper died, and now people were furious. <laughs> they began to gather in the plaza. A mob soon formed and swelled the 6,000 men, who were demanding a stop to the crime that had been ruining the city. The men in the plaza were a combo of frustrated gold miners who had no jobs, and other miners who found gold and were having a blast. <laughs> wait, so they're all... Wait, they're all there together? Who? The, the, the successful gold diggers and the non-successful? Yeah, the guys who were mad are there with the guys who were partying because they made a bunch of money. And then they're all like, let's go hang these guys. Oh, that's cool. The yeah. 99% with the 1% finally. Like, that's what we're yeah! Woo! Who's buying? <laughs> the, men, the men were 100% convinced the two Sydney Ducks in jail were guilty of killing the man who wasn't dead. My gut is that they did do it. I, I, I watch a lot of these crime shows. He doesn't need to be dead for a murder to have happened to him. I've always said that. Police were concerned the mob would attack, so they snuck Tom and Joe out the back and took them by closed carriage through the back streets to City Hall a block away. It they were the work. Backstreet Boys. They were the Backstreet Boys. That's what this story is, the origin of the Backstreet Boys. Uh, it didn't matter. They were they were spotted going in, and the crowd surged over to City Hall. Mayor Gary sent someone out onto Gary. a balcony to tell the crowd to disperse. It's, it's Mayor, Mayor Gary. 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 Mayor 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 so well, he sent someone out to tell them that the two men would be dealt with, but the mob didn't care because they thought all politicians were corrupt. Next. I love how their agenda is just, like, yeah. expanding. Well, well, we just hate everything. Fuck all you. Next, Samuel Brennan came out on the balcony. He was 29 and had been the leader of a large Mormon group that came to San Francisco after John Smith died. <laughs> Listen to our normal ideas. We call for calm. And wearing magic pajamas. One day this will be a, a hilarious musical. <laughs> Brennan was the We're man. digging for golden plates. That's it. Go ahead. Yep. <laughs> Brennan was the man who set off the gold rush. When gold was first discovered, Brennan found out about it and went to Sutter's Mill, where it was first found. Then he, as a representative of the Mormon church, took tiths from the Mormons who were mining. He used that money to open a store at Sutter's Fort. He now owned the only store between San Francisco and the gold mines, so he bought all the picks, shovels, and pans around. Then he ran through the streets of San Francisco screaming, Gold! Gold! As he held the very first pieces of gold in his hand, which he didn't mind, which he just bought from other people. And then everyone went up to try and get gold, then he sold pans he bought for 20 cents for 15 bucks each. This is or is not a relative of Donald Trump? In nine weeks, he made $36,000. Jeez. Hey, uh, what? How much? Nine weeks, he made $36,000. He opened more stores. He became the first millionaire in California and started buying land. 
Then he was accused of taking church money to use in his business ventures. What? A Mormon envoy came out from Utah to investigate, and Brennan said, quote, you go back and tell Brigham Young that I'll give up the Lord's money when he sends a receipt signed by the Lord. Hey, God. God, this is so awkward. Not a lot of people do the mic throw. I wanted to protect the actual mic. I have respect a for mic the mic stand <laughs> Fuck, uh, man. Really? But yeah. God's really cool about signing receipts. Like, I've met him a couple times at shows. So I just He'll get a receipt, whatever. man. He'll you can whatever. claim this. So then he was kicked out of the Mormon church, if you can believe. For what? In 1850, Brandon bought up land around, around Sacramento. We're all very great. We're all very proud of him. <laughs> Essentially, just people saw what it would have looked like if James Brown lived to 90. <laughs> the stiffest man in show business. It's like that guy they just found in Indonesia that's 150. <laughs> except, except you didn't say, I want to die. That's what they found the oldest man in the world. Yeah, he's 150, the and they were like, what do, you, yeah. what do you have to say? And he's like, please kill let me. Let me die. It's like, and there's a witch. She won't let me perish. Well, if you think about it, if you get to 150, it's so hard to commit suicide. Like, you're like, I can't lift anything. I'll stab myself. Down. I haven't won. What was I doing? Cutting something? What the fuck? I want to die. I should drown myself. I'll go towards the bathroom. I gotta fill the. Just super ageist. But it's very ageist. But from all right, so he gets rich selling all that. Uh, he bought up land around Sacramento, and he and the others did it so quickly that made uh, the prices shoot up, and the people became furious. The anger built until it resulted in what was known as the squatters' riot. The squatter's <laughs> spokesman. Okay, go ahead. You don't hear that very often. The squatter's spokesman. Sure. Was shot. He couldn't reach the microphone, though. He was like, hey, can you bring it? It was the most adorable riot of all time. Anyway, to get it. All right, as the leader of the squatters, our hips hurt. I didn't think he'd stoop that low. <laughs> the so he was shot, and a lot of people thought he was shot by Brennan. Brennan then moved to San Francisco, bought many, many buildings, started building buildings. He started a ship trade with China, Hawaii. Uh, he bought tons of land in Hawaii. On this day in 1851, he was a member of the town council, well-known, and out on the balcony talking to the mob. The crowd respected him. He got their attention. Quote, I am very much surprised to hear people talk about grand juries, recorders, and mayors. I'm tired of such talk. These men are murderers, I say, as well as thieves. I know it, and I will die or see them hang by the neck. The crowd went wild. I'm opposed to any farce in this business. We had that 18 months ago when we allowed ourselves to be the tools of those judges who sentenced convicts to be sent to the United States. We are the mayor and the recorder, the hangman and the law. The crowd went ape shit. 
The laws in the courts have never yet hung a man in California, and every morning we are reading fresh accounts of murders and robberies. I want no technicality. Such things are devised to shield the guilty. The crowd was now whipped into a murderous rage. They attacked the building, smashing, smashing through the courthouse doors and pushed into the courtroom. There, Joe and Tom sat handcuffed in the prisoner's box. The mob grabbed the two Sydney ducks and began dragging them outside. Luckily for Joe and Tom, San Francisco's 20-man part-time militia just happened to be in the next room drilling. I mean, what a lucky coincidence. Wait, they were running drills? Running drills next door. Just in case. Inside. I mean, what a... You know what, guys? Let's think of the real world. Let's move outside. No! We gotta get this down! The one guy's like, let's have it at Mum's on Sunday. No, we're doing it at the fucking courthouse! So, the militia charged the mob with their bayonets and drove them out of the building. Joe and Tom were put back in their cells. And then Mayor Geary called for 30 more militiamen and had them line up in front of the jail. The crowd swelled in size. The crowd was now 10,000 people. Meanwhile, so, hey, so that's a lot. 10,000 people and like 30, well, how many? 45 militiamen. Yeah, right? but the people, but they have the guns. <laughs> okay. And the two Sydney siders. Two, two? Sydney, two Sydney ducks inside. Right, S- fucking sitting ducks. <laughs> sure, sitting ducks. Uh, so they're put back in their cells. Uh, more, the more militiamen come. Crowds ten thousand. Meanwhile, Sam Brennan and other respected San Francisco men took turns addressing the crowd from the balcony. They retold the story about the dry goods store robbery what? and attacked the city's weak justice system telling the mob the two city ducks would probably go free. But I love how they go to the balcony. Like, the balcony is like their Twitter. Like, they, just go, like, and they just go out there and they evita the shit out of that moment. They're like, my turn, it's like an open mic. Yeah, but it's not like Twitter because there wasn't a guy on another balcony going, you're a faggot, shut your mouth, bitch. Well, it's essentially someone going, you know what, I reckon I can take this crap. All right, yeah, they're a tough crap. Yeah, what do you mean? You're going to love the next guy who's coming out on the balcony. You guys know him from all over. He's awesome. He's one of my best friends. This guy, I play with this guy on balconies all over the country. Your podcast sucks, you fucking animal. All righty, let's not. You guys are going to love him. (laughs) Balconies are weird, huh? Aren't balconies fun? Aren't balconies just sort of the strangest environment? All right, guys. (laughs) Um... So the Sydney du- all Sydney Ducks were getting attacked by the speakers. They went on and on talking about the fires that kept occurring, describing the city in flames while the Ducks looted, murdered, robbed, and raped. The speakers concluded that Joe and Tom, who had actually done nothing, should be taken out of the jail and hung. What? <laughs> Just get the heat off of us for a little while. Let's kill these dudes. But the mob was not prepared to take on the armed militia, knowing some of them would be killed or wounded. No one actually carried pistols yet. As Joe and Tom sat in their cells, they could hear the crowd chanting, Hang them! Hang them! Joe's sort of wife, Mary... And the weird thing was, when they walked out, they were like, actually, it's hangeth them. Sorry. Oh. We hate to... Uh, you know what? We're we a gotta mob. Stick with so this. It doesn't matter hard. if you're a mob. Reality is reality. <laughs> Uh, after the sun went down, a printed handbill was circulated in the crowd. Quote, Citizens of San Francisco, the series of murders and robberies that have been committed in the city seem to leave us entirely in a state of anarchy. 
Laud appears is but a non-entity to be scoffed at. Redress can be had through the never-failing remedy so admirably laid down in the code of Judge Lynch. Oh, God. (laughs) Wait. Yeah, it's... uh, Who do you... (laughs) It's not Judge Dredd. You almost got Judge Guilty, who is actually worse. Uh, Than Judge Lynch? Well, no, you're right. So the pamphlets out Judge there... Judge Lynch should be one of those pam- daytime shows. Judge Lynch? Judge Lynch, Oh, my yeah. God, how great would that be if there's just a fucking day... Yeah, my room... You know what? We were there together, uh-huh. and he took all my dishes, uh-huh. and I was like, don't take my dishes. And then I came back, and they were in a box, and they were gone. All right, all right. Now, you said you... Did you take, did you take the dishes? I did not take the dishes. I don't know Ugh. what you're talking about. I've reached my verdict. <laughs> We're gonna lynch both of you, and what? here, yeah, no, it, it, here's what? here's why. I hate dishes, and I'm crazy. Judge Lynch. I Hang around, Judge Lynch will be back up to the right. I accept. Judge I, Lynch is on nine times a day, and has killed over sixty thousand people. <laughs> I'm thinking we lynch them all and the bailiff. I am. I'm in a lynching mood. I was with you until you lynched the bailiff. That understand. <laughs> Just that's wrong. <laughs> Felt like the general vibe. So the pamphlet called for everyone to come back at 2 p.m. the next day and finish off the criminals. <laughs> so it is a lot like cricket. <laughs> have some sandwiches, then we'll finish the sport tomorrow when we're all recovered. Oh, and then tea. Yeah, we'll have some tea. So now Brennan knew that he had the, uh, all the people coming back, back, so he led the committee of, of 14 businessmen to negotiate with the chief of police and the city's justices. His position was strengthened when the militia decided they didn't want to maybe die to protect a couple of Sydney ducks who everyone hated. So a deal was struck. Joe and Tom would be turned over to the mob, but not for immediate hanging. Instead, they would be tried in, quote, a lynch court. Oh, better. That's better. It's a, it's a nice delay. Hey, uh, we got this all worked out. We're going to have you on lynch court. How you doing? We're syndicated. Uh, we're excited to have you guys here. I, I gotta warn you, I'm in a lynching mood. Uh, I've had nine bailiffs killed. And nobody found it funny. And, uh... So the next day, a crowd gathers outside again. Very few Sydney ducks remained in the city at this point. Most had gotten the hell out last night in case the situation exploded. Well, they all left together because ducks fought together. <laughs> they left in a pattern. Yeah. And I like to think that's not a reference about actual ducks, it's a reference to the Mud Ducks movies, of course. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Correct, sir. Sir, your dreams have come true tonight. Uh... So the crowd goes in and drags the ducks out, and they're given, uh, they're both given defense attorneys. How you doing? I'm terrible. Hey, what's up? Do you guys want some bread? I don't know what's happening. This is my first time. I was said I was representing ducks. Are we suing a pond? What's happening? I don't. I'm not. Have you been to the beer bar? The bear bar? The beer bar? You've been to the beer bar? You mean the bar? Yeah, we've been there. What's your question? I'm a terrible lawyer. I can't use words. Just watch a lady fuck a boar, so I'm a little out of it today. I am stressed out. Have you guys been to the steaming zebra? That place. (laughs) Woo! 
word of God. Uh, <laughs> it is believed this is the origin of the term kangaroo court. Oh. Yeah, people clap because you say kangaroo. <laughs> the kangaroo court began at 3 p.m. The prosecution's case went on for two hours. The shopkeeper and other, others again identified Tom and, jo- and Joe as the robbers. Uh, the defense sent uh, messengers to get witnesses, but no one would come because they were too scared. Uh, so 5 p.m. Uh, they asked for more time and they got it. 5 p.m. came and the, the defense attorneys were like, give us more time. So they were given two hours. None were found. At 7 p.m. the trial started again and the prosecution summarized their case. The defense begged for time to find more witnesses. That was denied. The jury then went to discuss the verdict. Meanwhile, just blocks away, the actual robbers, English Jim and Sam Whitaker, were drinking in a saloon. They were offended that those two Australians were getting credit for a robbery Wrong they pulled off. Wrong attitude. Wrong. Fuck those guys. They're, they're living off of our fat. That is bullshit. They're stealing our stealing shit. Yeah. I hit the guy in the head. Us. I hit him in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys. With your wife. Thank you. Is she okay? Yeah, it's kind of, uh, a little wobbly. Yeah, head-to-head contact. Uh, so, uh, English Jim said, I will shoot 50 men rather than see Purdue and Winder and Hang. Hey, Sam what? Whitaker. Wow, so they is... were like, no, 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 we don't want these guys taking credit for our crimes. Well, they're we're... drinking also. <laughs> That's probably fucking how the real... these fucking guys. Yeah, like, yeah. It's more like that. We'll show them. Well, they can fuck off. So Mate, they're going to go to prison for 20 years. How the fuck did they get that much? That's bullshit. That's fucking our time. Bullshit. Our fucking time down here. We've done those fucking crimes. Fuck those, those guys. Fucking bullshit, they, they did that? They did that? Yeah. Are you serious yeah. right now? Yeah. Are you fucking with me? Fuck you, man. So go down there and tell them a theory, too. Never seen. And... <laughs> you, guys want, you guys want another round? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only reason I bring yeah, it up. It's under murderers. Put it on Sam Whitaker believed they should set the city on fire. You know what we should do? I actually... Hey, 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 hey! Hey! Hey, hey! You know the best way to solve yeah, this what? Shit? What? I forgot. It was something... Oh! Piss on! No! Hey, did you say piss on something? No, 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 no. no. Uh, hey, what's up, you no, guys? No, no, no. And don't bring your brother around here anymore. Uh, By the way, you should you know switch what? orders. He's not around you, here. Your brother should open for you for the last time. There's something to that that angle. That order works better. He's shitting on someone over in Chinatown. <laughs> I'm here he's to piss. At, he's at the Steaming Zebra. Welcome to Piss Talk. So they just kept on drinking. They didn't do anything. At 11.30 p.m., the jury was still undecided, so the mob rushed City Hall. It was time to just get it over with. But unexpectedly, the committee of men who were having the fake trial to hang the two guys held off the mob at the door. Yeah. The mob? Rule number one of the mob. I mean, flaming torches. Rule number two, break the doors now. 
Yeah, but the, the, the you're guys a fucking mob and you can't beat how many people? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. But what mob is just like, like let's go, let's go! Shit! It's locked! Alright, next plan. What's our backup plan? Knocking! Not answering! Shit, they're good! They've done this before! They have done this before. Telegram! God damn it! Ellen Burdu, Tom's wife, arrived that day in San Francisco from Sydney. Where's my little Tom? When she got to Winderid's, she learned that her husband was about to be lynched by some San Franciscans. I mean, that's... It's already hard to arrive in a new place. Right? You know what I mean? Right. She's been working the LDR for a right. while. She's, like, she's got fucking... I mean, person. she's getting off... She's got fucking boat lag. Yeah. Like, that's a hard first couple of days. She's got to readjust, right? Some say her legs was gated. <laughs> Not a term a lot of people know, but I love to read. I'm a big. So she quickly left her three children with Mary and took the baby to the courthouse so Tom could see her ba- his oh baby for the first God. time. Oh, hang on, what? She, she rushed over this. so he could see his baby for the first time before he got home. Well, possibly the last time, right? Yeah, but it, you know, you got to see it. Yeah. Do you? Here's your baby. I feel like that oh, makes oh, it worse. I suck. Uh, Hang out for a minute. As soon as, as soon as Tom saw the baby, he completely lost it, burst into tears. For the first time, all the people who wanted to kill Tom saw him as a human being, not some Australian. What? Uh, okay. All right. I was expecting a somersault. Thank you. I so mean, that's is. a pretty fucking brave thing to say for someone who is nowhere near as popular in your own country as you are here. <laughs> works, works for Arch. <laughs> By the way, want to hear a creepy, it's almost like a Bermuda Triangle type thing? No one knows who Arch is in the United States. Me neither. We're from the same town. Sydney Town actually is where they're from. They're from the same fucking town. We live right next to each other. But I don't understand how you can want to murder a man and then you just have that sort of sitcom keyboard moment at the end where it's like, oh, can't stay mad at him. Yeah, but if you see, you think he's a murderer and then he sees a baby and he cries. That's not a murder. No. OJ? Oh. Well, murder two people. If you saw OJ crying at a baby, you'd be like, all right. I guess he didn't decapitate two people. Well, he didn't decapitate, and there are parts hanging. Oh. oh, oh, oh. That's face-off space. By the way, he went back and and tried to take more off. It wasn't a one-shot deal. He cut, and he was like, I'm not done. Like when you walk away away from a ham, and you're like, oh, I could use another piece. (laughs) Except it was his wife. In his defense, he did invent cold press juice. <laughs> right? So that guy's a monster. I loved... I was already like, he's drowning, but fuck it, I'll jump in. <laughs> if drowning is telling the truth, consider me dead, my friend. So, uh, so he cries, and everyone's like, ah. 
Word then came from the jury that they could not agree on a verdict. At that point, the crowd chanted, Majority rules, hang them! The majority decides, hang them! And then they began to chant, chant, Hang them too! Hang them too! They were talking about the jury. That's gotta be so confusing when there's a hung jury. You're like, what is going on? It's like, they're a hung jury. They're gonna be. Uh, what? No, What's up? No, sorry. They are a hung jury. You're goddamn right they are. They don't reach a verdict. Well, they haven't. They're a hung jury. Exactly. What are you saying? You're gonna hang them. No, hung them. Huh? What? You're gonna hang those guys, and if we don't, they're a hung jury. They are a hung jury. Exactly. No, what are we fucking... Hey, excuse me. What is your point to me? Excuse me. I'm a hung jury. No, no, no. You're, again, that's, that's hung Jerry. He's different. different Jerry, get out of okay. here. That's Still hung Jerry. Run. Yes, it's a baby arm. Yeah. We all know yeah. he doesn't belong in the courthouse. <laughs> Stop swinging that gavel around. This guy is literally here every way. Every I declare way. you not horny. Hung Jerry out. <laughs> Twelve angry cocks. <laughs> this fall, hung Jerry. <laughs> All right. So it was very late, and the not real court was adjourned for the night. It had now been 13 hours. Jeez. Not. It was not at all what the mob was expecting for the show. But 2 there were p.m. Beach balls bouncing around the yeah. mob at this point. Like, I guess we're not hanging going. anybody. But holy shit! <laughs> so Sam Brennan felt the same. Most of the mob went home. Uh, a few hundred stayed to make sure the prisoners didn't escape. Mayor, mayor. By the way, how do you decide that? When you're in an angry mob that's baying for people's hanging. Let's everybody stop shouting! <laughs> now, who wants to go home? Show of hands, who's tired? Yeah, I'm a bit tired. I'll stay, I'm hangry. Alright, if you're hangry, I'll head out. But hey, we are still pissed as shit. We are as pissed as someone trying to piss yep. on something to solve it with. Yeah, so I'm uh, pretty mad on the clock. All right. Uh, I'll okay, be mad you for go, about... You, all right. Yeah, I'll be mad for about three hours, and you want to take over, Matt? Yeah, yeah I think we nap, 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 but nap angry. We dream of murder. Yep. But we sleep. We got to get some rest get and some sandwiches. Rest. Hard to be we angry are, if you're tired, people. We're an angry mob, and again, we are a hangry mob suddenly, mob. so we got <laughs> some food in the bellies. English Jim, now apparently sober, decided to get the hell out of town. The long jury deliberations had taken the wind out of the crowd's murder sails. The excitement of killing Australians faded. It always does. Joe and Tom ended up being kept in prison uh, for days. One of the prisoners in the jail was actually 26-year-old William Walker who would invade Nicaragua in Dollop episode 21. Yeah. Oh my God, this is like Captain America Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> it is. The, imagine By the way, there. make sure when everyone else leaves, you stick around to the end, because there's a real great button for the next yeah. podcast. It'll be, really. But that is amazing to be in jail, be like, man, it just feels so crazy. <laughs> What are you in for? Well, I'm about to invade Nicaragua. I'm sorry. I'm sorry? My, uh, my plan is I'm going to run Nicaragua. Yeah? You ever been to the boar's head? 
Yeah, I got, I got brought on stage for the closer. <laughs> but also that thing of like, you know, hey, you know what? One day in the future, we're both going to be dollop episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and the first guy's like, well, I'm 22. And I'm like, well, yeah, fuck you, man. I'm a live one. Yeah. <laughs> the living one, asshole. Get in line. Uh, so uh, on March 14th, after three weeks in prison, Joe and Tom were put on trial again. This time it was a legitimate state court trial. Witnesses came forward and identified Tom again as English Jim. Good. They were found guilty. Tom was given a sentence of 14 years in prison, Joe 10 years. Joe had now been wrongly imprisoned twice in two different countries. It's a fucking record. That's got to be a record. It's nice. Tom was then taken to Yuba County uh, to be tried for the murder and robbery of Charles E. Moore, who had actually been killed by English Jim, or they said he had been. Joe was put on the prison ship Waban, and every day was taken to uh, Quarry Stone to build San Quentin Penitentiary. While her sort of husband was in jail, Mary Windred managed to meet Sam Whitaker. He told her he knew who committed the robbery of the dry goods store and had a witness, but the witness never came, maybe because he was the witness. <laughs> Sam Whitaker told Mary he knew someone who could help Joe escape the prison for just $400. Two problems, Mary didn't have the money, and the guy Sam knew was himself. <laughs> and on Sunday, April 20th, probably because he had committed the crime Joe was in prison for, Sam helped Joe escape. He had a key past... <laughs> Yeah. He had a key pass to Joe in the middle of the night. If you wrote this in a script, you'd be like, this is a little far-fetched. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> What's Sam's motivation? Uh, he feels weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly. No, no. What we need is we need uh, Sam to have the pressure from uh, the outside no, world. No, 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 he just feels weird. You think it's <laughs> internal? You think it's enough internal that he could, would be... No, no we're not buying it. Just, if, if he were from space and fought crime... We like that. <laughs> this seems a little far-fetched. He's been pitching shows lately, so he's... Uh... So there's something to it. Okay, so... Uh, so he, he has a key passed to Joe in the middle of the night. Joe unlocks his cell and jumps off the ship and swims to a nearby island. There, a friend of Sam's took Joe by boat to a boat heading for Australia. <laughs> Unfortunately, the ship wasn't going to Australia immediately. So it sat in the bay for weeks, ah. waiting to be loaded with his cargo while the police were watching Mary because Joe escaped. I mean, it's so tough. It's like when you're on a plane and they load you and then they have a delay. That's what it's going to be That's the same with that, guy. Like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, uh, so sorry. We are again waiting uh, on the cargo. Just... They're telling us down uh, on shore that we should not be too much longer. Again, appreciate your patience while we handle this episode. Anyway, uh, we're going to take off a little late. We're probably going to take six and a half months rather than six months to get to Australia, but uh, we'll try to make up some speed uh, as we get further on. Just let your friends and family know you're going to be about six and a half six months, and late. months late. Uh, just if they're picking again, you up. Again, we are loading cargo. Just, we appreciate your patience. And we we understand you. that uh, when you are traveling internationally on boats, you do yeah. have choices. Yeah, yeah. and we thank, you for, we thank you for shipping with the late boat airlines. <laughs> just, we really, just, we are so sorry again. Do you guys need someone to piss on something? We've asked you repeatedly to not come around here and pee on stuff. So. Well, that's why I'm 
my work at the airport. Actually, now that I'm looking at the ship, I see you've pissed all over it and then asked. Do not let your brother over here for the last time. Where I'm from, you're not, you're not punished for uh, working hard. Trying well, to nobody should live there. Nobody should live there. Um, I'd like to express myself. Yeah, well, and you, you have. We're watching you. No more... Again, stay away from everything. You are... <laughs> Maybe if I pissed on the guy who was thrown in jail for that crime... He'd be not guilty. My pee is magic. <laughs> because he was apparently an idiot, English Jim returned to San Francisco. And Smart. Barely avoided being arrested when he was caught committing a robbery, but he just paid off the cop and got away. He got the hell out of San Francisco again. Then, May uh, 3rd, 1851, at 11 p.m., another huge fire broke out in the city. He jumped from shingle roof to shingle roof. The roads and footpaths which were lined with timber because they, everything had become so muddy burst into flames. The fire was so huge the glow could be seen as far away as Monterey, which is 200 kilometers away, or 125 miles for people who live in one country. Smart, smart to, to lay it with tinder. Uh, I would swipe left on that path. 2,000 buildings were destroyed. 18 city blocks. Uh, the San Franciscans blamed the Sydney Ducks. They said the Ducks were getting revenge for the sentences to Joe and Tom, or as they thought, English Joe and some guy. <laughs> now, of course, Sam Whitaker had threatened to burn the city when the kangaroo court against Tom and Joe was happening, and he would later brag that he actually did start the fire as cover for Joe. And Billy Joel wrote a song about that, right? Yeah. That's what this whole fucking thing's about. Oh my god, I Is knew it. Is this the origin story of Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire? Do we finally get to find out what he says? <laughs> Sorry, the fire. It goes very fast. What else does he have to say? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, so anyway, uh, with the fire going on, Joe and Mary were able to get on the ship together and head to Australia. Uh, oh yeah. After the fire, when word got out that Joe Winford had gotten away, anti-Australian rage was peaking. So on June 18th, a notice appeared in the Alta California calling on all right-minded men to meet the next evening to form a committee of vigilance. The next right night, 200 of the richest men in the city met and elected ex-Mormon Sam Brennan to be the vigilance committee's first president. Okay, so they created a committee. Uh, they drew up a constitution. At all times, there would be a committee room with a member on duty. That member would ring the fire station's bell twice every minute to mobilize the committee if a crime was committed. They had to know a password to get into the room. Members would only be known by a number. The majority rule would decide everything. Uh, they created their own fake police chief and police force. How many people is this? There's like 200. It didn't take long to get the first bad guy. As they were writing up their constitution, John Jenkins, a Sydney duck and ex-convict, was brought in by a member at gunpoint. Jenkins had stole a safe from a shipping agent and was rowing away with it in his boat. The fuck is... What the fuck is with our people and stealing safes? Like, at some point, you have to be like, they're really, really you know heavy. They're, they're very heavy. heavy. They're very heavy. Let's steal something to put in the safe before we steal fucking more safes. I think we just got to find the right safe. I really do. I think once we find a winner, this one seems light. 
<laughs> Sam Brennan rang the bell. I love that when it's like the fucking kinder surprise of fucking crimes. We're like, just let's grab it. There might be a toy inside. Let's have a crack. Throw it in the canoe. God damn it! How many times? I know where there's a safe. <laughs> so Sam Brennan rang the bell, and 800 business, eight, sorry, 80 businessmen arrived. Jenkins was immediately tried. Brennan was picked to be the judge. Jenkins was not given a defense attorney. No one came forward to say they had actually seen him steal the safe. He was also a very successful pub owner and had no reason to steal the safe. But he was Australian, so he was declared guilty and sentenced to death. We apologize. Uh, So a crowd uh, gathered. uh, At 2 a.m., he was dragged through the plaza while being punched. A noose was then placed around his neck. Hang on, they punched him on the way? Yeah, well, you know, get a couple of pops in. <laughs> Fuck Can't just shit. let a guy go by. Well, we didn't murder. have as many guns then, otherwise it would have ended way faster. <laughs> I mean, but seriously, if they're about to hang you, punching you on the way feels like... Yeah. That feels like too much. <laughs> it is me. bullshit. Like, yeah, it is bullshit. Like, really? Hang lives matter. Just hang me bullshit. at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't punch me before you hang me. You know I didn't know like, about the punching punch parade. Punch me as much as you want after. Fucking treat me like a piñata. You know what? I'll stick lollies up my ass so when you punch me when I'm dead, they fucking fall out. I'm Wait. fine with that, but don't punch me before... He's full I'm of dead. lollies! Hit him! I want my lollies! When they're hanged, all the lollies actually drop out anyway, so... Oh, well, I would go to hangings then. I mean, to see the kids... Who That's the, the greatest thing about hanging. You just see the little kids getting all their little candies, their lollies and uh, Tootsie Rolls and stuff. It's so great. It's just fun. It's fun for the whole family. Hangings were bad until they made them good for kids. And then it's like, well, this is actually not that bad. Once they put vitamin C in them. <laughs> so they hung poor Jenkins, and uh, that didn't work out for him. Oh. Uh, within the month, the Vigilance Committee had exploded to 719 members. Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. But they were excited. Uh, Later, it was concluded Jenkins was actually framed by a man who wanted Jenkins' girlfriend. Well, that's easy to understand. That happens. Yeah. Jenkins, the man who framed Jenkins was named John Sullivan. The same John Sullivan who had worked with English Jim for six months in the gold fields and ID'd Tom as English Jim. On July 1st, the committee learned of a burglary happening. As they searched the house, a committee member found a man lying in the bushes. The man was well-dressed. Like, when you say lying in the bushes, was he like, I'm in a tree! I'm a woman! And I think we can trust this guy. I'm underwater. I'm lying in the bushes. The man was well-dressed in a coat, vest, and necktie. He leapt up and had an English accent, and he said his name was William Stevens, and that he was taking a rest while he was walking home. I was walking home, I slept. I'm not here. I was just having one of my bush naps. I uh, love my walks, and I was exhausted. And I Tired. Do you know how bush. it is? You know, they say uh, bushes are nature's pillows, and I just uh, cocked out. He was I feel like you've lost the crowd a little because there's not one Australian in this room who hasn't laid down in a bush on the way home. <laughs> Like, I'm like, what are you talking about? You're like, oh, that looks really comfortable. I'll just have a nap for a while, then I'll get a nerve. Everyone's like, I'm waiting for a joke. 
A joke would be nice. Okay, so we sleep in bushes. Get to the punchlines are fun too. Have any of those? So, the man the was taken thing. back to committee headquarters and questioned. They found no problems with his "I went to sleep in the bushes while walking home" story. Well, his story checks out. But they put him in a cell overnight, which was part of their rules. The next morning, John Sullivan, just back from Tom Burdue's Yuba County trial, where he again swore that Tom was English Jim, came into committee headquarters and saw English Jim in the jail cell. The vigilance committee had finally caught English Jim, said John Sullivan, who had just ID'd English Jim in a courtroom miles away. Wait, you're not allowed to... He walked in, he's like, that's English Jim! And they're like, didn't you just say it was English Jim up there? He's like, yes! But fuck! Uh, They're all English Jim! You're English Jim! I'm English English Jim! Everyone, I am Spartacus! I am English Jim. The next day in Marysville, Tom Burdue was found guilty of murder and sentenced to hang. The committee, now knowing there was a huge mistake, sent a message to Marysville that they were about to hang the wrong man. This is the same committee that wanted to hang the wrong man. When they got the message, no one at Marysville believed it, but the governor was contacted and he pardoned Tom. During all this backslabbing for saving an innocent man's life, no one thought they should pardon Tom for the dry goods store robbery, and he was put in jail on a prison ship. What? How does that even work out like that? To serve a sentence for something he didn't do. What? I mean, like... He didn't do the murder. It doesn't mean... I mean, this is a very difficult story to follow. (laughs) If only there was a giant screen behind that you could be fucking plotting this shit out on that we could all understand, but nothing. Dave, your body language shifted. Uh, so now, so now the so now Tom's in jail, and the committee still has English Jim, and they wouldn't give him to the police, and they're hiding him. And then on July 11th, English Jim was tried by the committee and found guilty and sentenced to death. So a huge crowd was waiting outside for the, of the not-real-courtroom, and they cheered wildly when they heard the sentence. At 2.30 on July 11th, English Jim was brought out of hiding and marched down Battery Street. Battery Street? Have at him, everybody! <laughs> it's not Peace Street! <laughs> 400 armed committee members held the police back. A huge crowd gathered around a loading frame at the end of the wharf. Uh, this was to be the scaffold. English Jim chewed tobacco as he waited to die. When the clock struck three, he was hauled by several men up and hung. He took 30 minutes to stop moving. Apparently oh, they weren't, they weren't I, good at the hanging part. Uh, I, I don't even mean, like, it's morbid, but if you are there, you're like, I mean, we said we'd I be mean, there yeah, at 2.30. Yeah. 
You know, well, we're actually meant to be in like, like, seven. Like, I mean, we all know how this ends, right? Yeah, yeah, you guys don't sure. make I mean, I, I want It's to... not going to be a twist at the end. He dies at the end. Well, there's I mean, a big like, twist. You've almost top, seen him yeah. die. You get it. I, I, you get it. I, I, I like, you know what? Let's I, beat the fucking traffic. I, is there any Let's way to beat fast? the traffic. I want to beat the traffic, but I really... He's looking at his legs. No, he's going to fucking his die. His legs are still kicking. He won't die. If you look at his legs, they're still kicking. You've seen it. He's fucking... I know. I've seen it, but I want to know how it ends. I like to know how it ends. It's like the Saw movies. I want to know how this one this is fucking bullshit. You're always like this. Boy, he and then is we'll a be regular. stuck in fucking traffic. And he'll be dead like regular. he's always fucking dead. He's always dead. It always ends the same way. How do I keep it? Like, well, you know, this Maybe is the bachelor all over stuff. again. I know how it ends, but I want to see it again. I just, the kids he is just you know moving. They're going to be like tomorrow. It has been 21 minutes and he is still kicking around. seriously. This guy's like a frying piece of bacon. Oh, would you stop yelling at me and look at him? The show's up there for God's sake. Look at it for a goddamn second. I mean, my goodness. You know what? I feel like I'm the one who's choking. That's all I'm saying. I, I feel like you're the one who's not giving me enough room to breathe. You, know, in you, this you, relationship. Say, you say that, you say I that, know, but when I, I ask if you want to go hey, hanging, you're hey. He died five minutes ago. Five minutes. You know what? I'm glad we stuck around. Let's yeah, get a T-shirt. Yeah, we should get a T-shirt. T-shirt. This is a Maybe good we can, night. We'll get a T-shirt. Let's we'll, get one of his shoes. You know what? Let's hang around here for a while. And I'm ready to go leave. because now I see that he's dead. I'm ready let's to get, get out of here. Let's get a selfie with him. We'll get a selfie with him. Like I said before, all we wanted to see guy. was when he was dead and now he's There's dead. Let's get out. There's a portrait guy. He'll draw us. Uh, we're not getting a goddamn portrait. We already saw the main event. You didn't want to stick around. You're the one who wanted to be traffic. And now we're hanging around getting portraits. Now we're here. Oh, for God's sake, I can't win with you, Debbie. I can't win with you. Listen to me. Hey. That's it. You guys are banned. That's your last execution. It's just ridiculous. Every every time it's like this. That's it. You you know how many families came here to watch this and enjoy it, and you guys fucking ruined it again. I you if you well. cannot get along while watching a man die, that maybe you shouldn't be together. It's the only way we can have sex. <laughs> I'm harder than his body right now. <laughs> In an exciting... I wish that was the ending. In an Is exciting... this the story of Michael Hutchins? <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Whoa. Boo. He's an Australian hero. Those jokes are good in small doses, not in excess, though. Oh, fuck me. Sometimes we kick, sometimes we get kicked. I... <laughs> Set his shower curtains. Oh, come on. In an exciting bit of fate, Tom Perdue was able to watch the hanging from his prison ship. The guards thought it would be a nice thing to let him see English Jim hang. Jesus. And then uh, some... To those on starboard, you might get a nice view of the hanging. Honey, look, he's hanging. That's you. And then in some sort of weird joke, Tom was taken to English Jim's autopsy. 
the man who was there said it was, quote, like a man looking at his own corpse. Tom was then put back on the prison ship, which is to be his home for the next 14 years. What? What? Hang on, what, 14 years? You want to get a break, sense. pal? You sick of this cell? Let's go watch you get digged up. Let's go watch you get stabbed and cut. Come see yourself. But things were getting out of control, and soon members of the Visions Committee had Brennan removed as president for being too bloodthirsty. I don't know, but I don't think that's fair. But they weren't done. The Vigilance Committee drew up a list of city ducks who were undesirable. The committee turned back boats from Sydney. Those who were allowed on shore were taken on shore uh, to detention centers. And uh, two... Hey, how's it going? How's karma? How's karma? Oh, wait, it's not your karma. Oh, I'm sorry. It's reverse karma. Rarma. Jarma. They're poor Australians sitting there in detention centers. I hope this never happens to anybody else. <laughs> One estimate is that 800 ducks were forced or frightened into leaving San Francisco. The committee then arrested Sam Whitaker and Robert McKenzie. McKenzie had been the lookout on the safe robbery where they jumped into the water and swam away. But the governor didn't want, the governor didn't want any more street hangings and had the two ducks taken into custody. The committee wasn't happy with that. On Sunday, April 24th, the two ducks were allowed out of their cells in prison to attend church. Just then, 40 armed vigilantes raided the prison and took them by carriage to their headquarters. A huge crowd gathered once again. Always a good sign, we're finding. A committee member yelled out a window that the prisoners had confessed, and now the 15,000 large mob cheered. Ropes were rigged on the top of the building, put around the ducks' necks, and both men were thrown out of the windows to wild cheers. <laughs> At least we've learned a lot. Wow. The, the Vigilance Committee disbanded a few days later after the double lynching, announcing it had finished its work. Its work, but that wasn't the actual I mean, reason. But also that, yeah. like, is fucked up. Yeah, like that is like fucking. Judd Nelson at the end of fucking Breakfast Club walking away and chucking his fucking <laughs> fists in the air like we fucking we did something valuable gang alright we're done guys <laughs> won't see you Tuesday Woo! our work here is done well that's not why they did it though the actual reason was because of a $50,000 lawsuit launched against the committee for raiding and destroying the house of a Sydney duck each committee member was liable to pay if they lost so they just broke up the group did you say a sitting duck sure Oh, this is the story of Aaron Duckovich. I, uh, I think this is how Duck Hunter made, got made. <laughs> Tom Perdue was finally pardoned for the dry goods store robbery and released from prison on the 31st of August. The government was forced to wait until English Jim's written confession was handed over by the committee before they freed him. Meanwhile, Joe Windred was still a wanted man because, even though it was clear he had nothing to do with the robbery, escaping from prison was a criminal offense. <laughs> That's just so fucked up. Tom's? It feels a little like entrapment. Yeah, a little bit. Tom's life was completely destroyed. His health was a mess because of the imprisonment. He tried to get compensation from the government for the two false prosecutions, but the government said he should just be happy he was alive. <laughs> Tom then vanished from history. Eight years later, Ellen and the kids arrived in England, and she was now a widow. Brennan went on to become a California state senator. Good. He developed banks, railroads, and telegraph companies. He invested massively in Napa. Uh, then in 1872, his wife filed for divorce. The court ruled that she was entitled to half their fortune 
payable in cash. Since most of Brennan's holdings were real estate, he had to liquidate everything, and it ruined him. She took the money and the kids and moved to Europe. He became a brewer and an alcoholic and moved to San Diego, where he ended up sleeping in the back rooms of saloons. In 1888, he said, quote, I hope I have enough money left for a proper burial when the time comes. Then he died unnoticed in 1889 of uh, inflammation of the bowels. No one knew who he was, and he didn't have any money for a funeral, so his body was left unclaimed in a San Francisco receiving vault where it stayed for more than a year when it was recognized on accident. You'd think that inflammation of the bowels would just cremate you eventually. Bless you. It's not. I don't think you're a doctor. I'm, I, I'm not not a doctor, but I... Don't I, think, I also don't think you're a fireman. I'm not not a fireman, but... I don't think you're a doctor or fireman. But... Or a fireman doctor. When I say but, I'm spelling it B-U-T-T. And but... <laughs> you finish. In Australia, Joe... Windred was uh, scared. He was written about in the papers, and the California governor was demanding extradition. Joe, Mary, and Isabel then moved out. That's nice they got their kid back. Then moved out to the frontier. Uh, he worked as a butcher and a horse trainer with his brother. Gold was discovered near where Joe lived soon after he arrived. By late 1851, the Ballarat Gold Rush had roared into life, and California newspapers attacked all the Americans that were leaving for Australia. <laughs> Yeah. A year after he returned to Australia, uh, after Joe did, the California government decided not to pursue his extradition. This was in part because the California census of 1852 revealed that Sydney ducks were more likely to be married, employed, sober, and non-criminal than Americans. <laughs> And it's also because that information was revealed in a census and the one thing we all trust in Australia. Yeah, I mean, if it's a question... Are you drunk a lot? No. Uh, yeah. Do you sleep in bushes? Yeah. I mean, David, no. Uh, delicious. What? Did you say delicious? When delicious you're filling out the is census? not one of the answers. I think this man thinks it's a menu. As I'm looking at it now... He wrote egg rolls all over it. Number 36 and He said, yeah... With fries. Yeah, he said with fries. Most of this is just with, with fries. fries. And I think there's ketchup on this. Tomatoes. Let's put him in the good pile. We'll put him in the good pile. So Joe ended up being uh, a, the owner of one of the uh, most successful racehorses in, in uh, New South Wales at the time. He became a celebrity. He, uh, he, he, yep, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, he bought a, a pub on the corner of Pitt and St. Mark's and renamed it the Sportsman Arms. Uh, he was a, a huge success. That's a better one. Uh, he, uh, he moved out to the gold fields at Lambling Flat to set up a pub, and uh, his timing was poor as anti-Chinese riots led by California-style vigilante committee <laughs> occurred <laughs> after he arrived. The riots were known as the Lambling Flat Riots. Uh, his wife, I mean, sorry, his daughter married the leader of the Miners Vigilance Committee. <laughs> such an awkward, such awkward so holiday tears. Uh, uh, and then uh, uh, he then made a fortune in copper mining, 
he was elected the mayor of Orange, and he died in 1884 uh, as a local magistrate. Uh, yeah. So, uh, in America, the founder of the uh, Vigilance Committee, Sam Brennan, died in poverty while Joe was very successful. So this is literally a story about an American who has undeserving success in Australia. No, he's he's an Australian. He's you an find Australian. a parallel? I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna be killed. But is there more or is that it? That's is it. that the end? That's the end. That's the end of the story. Yeah, Joe the Australian who went and got falsely imprisoned and had a horrible time Yeah. Uh, then came back to Australia and was successful and the fucking asshole who started all this shit died in poverty in San Diego which is a shit town but that's the end? what, what like do you want to better, happen? Like that's I want a good a revelation I wanted to learn something about like and that Jim was the guy who started Jim's Mowing the franchise <laughs> I want. I want to you learn fucking, you about a, my am, I, am I pitching to a Disney executive right now? Fuck off! It's real life. What? 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 Jesus Christ! It's a Pokemon. Man. I see them everywhere. Is there a Pokemon? There <laughs> this a Pokemon? acid's kicking in. Is there a Pokemon? <laughs> um. Oh boy. Dave, don't show everyone how cool you are. The big one right there. It's the big one right now. We don't have in America, but he's got a pouch. Who so will do the dollop on when you walk off a bridge chasing a Pokemon? He's only found in Australia, this guy. But I have a tour. I have a tour. He's a bull. And he's, only, and he's only found in North America. And I have him. And you don't. Okay. All right. And even okay. if you don't no, nobody play Pokemon, nobody, yeah. uh, okay. it's pretty special. All right. Well. And I'm a very important person. And now I have a bull and, and the pouch guy. And I'm going to go back to America, and if this doesn't fucking make me famous, if this isn't the thing, then... Took a really weird turn. Seems like a weird way to end. (laughs) Honestly, we appreciate the shit out of it. Thank you so much. Give it up for Will Anderson. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming to Comedy Bang Bang. Takes is one guy to stand up for a standing ovation, even though he sat down. Thank you. No. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth. You know from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army. To join me for, I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th. Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th, and then in November. 
November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 